Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thanks for making us part of your Thursday. I'm hanging out live with my good friend Tom and the crew down here at the warehouse in Orem. 86 East University Parkway. Come on by and see us. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. They also have the Salt Lake location, 1967 South. 300 West. Austin Horton back at our Vivint Smart Home Arena Carrier Zone Studios and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How's my friend Tom? I, I miss him. Tell him I said that I miss him. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Tom is in a good mood. I will, uh, I will let you pass on those uh, sentiments yourself coming up here shortly, but uh, I'll, I'll give a little tease uh, Gordon, Tom uh, got himself into some some good deals, and he's going to pass that uh, good fortune <laughs> along to the listeners. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, it's always good to hear that there are good deals because, as you know, I can be a little bit uh, careful about expenditures myself. Occasionally. Uh, that is mm. uh, that is correct. So come mm. see us. Uh, how's life, Gordon? How are you feeling? I'm doing well, uh, concerned about the things going on that we've been concerned about for quite some time. But uh, we'll we'll talk about some of those things. Did you see that story, uh, Jake, about the the uh, the Paralympic rower who was attempting to row from uh, Marina Del Rey to Hawaii? I did not. But uh, that sounds like a long way. Angela Madsen is her name, and she was attempting to row across the Pacific Ocean is all. Oh, is that all? Yeah, 60 years old, Paralympic uh, athlete, and um, she was not heard of after Sunday, I think as of Sunday, and uh, she passed away out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean rowing from Marina Del Rey, as I said, to Honolulu. And I, I mean, first of all, I. Wait, she admi- passed? She passed she away. Died? Yes. I, I'll tell you what, what a way to start the show. Seriously. Oh, wait a minute. From the up tempo <laughs> records, man. And then they got to hit us with wow. a, a rower passing away. Well, I'm, I'm glad you ocean. brought this up because we don't have oh. enough bad news to bring to our. Oh. Well, I did want it to be all rainbows and sunshine. Why? It was never going to be. <laughs> that's that's what we're. But, but, but wait a minute! I want to celebrate her life because, the, I mean, the think about the courage it takes for someone to attempt that. She's sixty years old. Sixty years old, and has been paralyzed at some level uh, for since ninety three in a botched uh, back surgery, and. She was rowing a 20-foot boat uh, from L.A. to to Hawaii. And 
she's she was about apparently she was about halfway there, and something happened. There's no I don't have any information on uh, what what the what caused the demise, but she's out in the middle of the ocean in a freaking rowboat, and uh, she was a U.S. Marine veteran. And I, I, I salute. I mean, I want to pay tribute to this woman because think about the courage it takes to even attempt something like that. I can, can you think of very many things that would be more frightening than that? Uh, no, no, I, well, I can't say that I would want to be lost at sea. No. Well, the ocean is big enough as it is, let alone to be in a rowboat, and th- there's no way to. To motate forward other than rowing yourself. And I, I I saw that this had happened and again there's no information on on what what caused her her death, but uh, okay, this is kind of a downer. I didn't mean can to you, start out you, this way. Can you get Don on the phone? Where Every are those? day is daffodils and uh, sweet pickles. Where's where are those pictures I ordered? Well, the Coast Guard picked her up, and uh, <laughs> oh, 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 I'm so glad I'm sitting on a leather chair right now. Get down on the right phone. <laughs> Get down on the phone. You know, this is better to process, Gordon. At least I'm sitting on a beautiful piece of furniture, plush leather. It's gorgeous. Well, I'm glad but, you're uh, comfortable. Would encourage would encourage anybody to to come check it out for themselves. 86 East University <sighs> Parkway. We have a lot to do today on uh, on the show. Wait a minute. Who wait, cares? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> What's the I point? Want, I want to sell. I want to. I want to salute Angela Madsen. You you did. You've got a Twitter. You you you, you paid her. You write a proper, proper respect. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I mean, I want you to picture that for a second. Being in a rowboat in the middle no, of the big old Pacific Ocean. I know. Can we move on? Is that all right? It would be better for me if we could move on. Is that okay? Have we paid okay. enough respect? Is that all right? I don't. Well, I just to, want to make sure I we need, did. Uh, I, I want I you accomplished that. Hell of a start. For, I, 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 I wanted to to celebrate. Two oh three. Quinn Snyder's going to be on the show. Must uh, heard sometime this in the three o'clock hour. We're we're guessing around three thirty ish. Uh, but he's gonna he's gonna join the show uh, when he's able. So we're looking forward to that very much. Sam Amick will be on the show at the top of the four o'clock hour, uh, as he is each and every Thursday. So we certainly look forward to talking to uh, to Sam about what's going on uh, in the NBA. And uh, as we creep toward the restart, what's happening? And Sam has broken some news this week too. So we'll talk to him all about that. Sam, of course, of the Athletic. What's the most physically challenging thing you've ever attempted to do in your life, Jake? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. Gordon, I played uh, ultimate frisbee once. That was rough. That's the best you got, huh? What about you? Had a had a grueling ward ball season back in the day. <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know. When I was younger, I did some, uh, I did some long distance running type things. Um, you I once, did. I, I once, did. 
cross country. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Ronnie, come on. Come on. We had those those shorts. Cross country running Gordon Monson. I no, no, I'm coming along with with Bill Puxley before I'm coming <laughs> along with that. <laughs> uh, I once ran the. I once ran in uh, an event that was there in Death Valley. You did. Mm-hmm. Hot was it 120 out? <laughs> and you were in a play about the octopus's garden. Yes, absolutely true. 100. Uh, and you played the octopus. Oh, yes, I did. Man. I was the octopus slash the judge. But uh, I, I think I played like uh, in two days, I played like 72 holes of golf or something. I don't know. That was pretty grueling. Okay. But I, It's I, true. I've, and I've climbed some mountains, as I mentioned to you uh, previously. But I, I've, I mean, just it's, it's hard for me to wrap my imagination around trying to row across the Pacific Ocean. I, did I mention that I want to pay tribute to Angela Madsen okay. for the attempt? <laughs> Just get, should we get to the should we get to the split story of the day? Yeah, let's let's do that, okay. Austin. I want I want all our listeners to think about the most physically challenging, grueling event type thing that they've ever tried. You know, uh, and, and think about how they've challenged themselves in their lives. And and hopefully live to tell the tale. <laughs> you have to wrap it up like that. It just makes it so much worse. Oh, lost. I, I, I really didn't hit mean hit to the bring intro, please. I did, no, I didn't please. mean to bring the show down. I wanted to start it out by paying tribute, as I he said. I'm begging you, play it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, all right, uh, Gordon. Moving to a different topic here that uh, isn't so pleasant either. Uh, NASCAR today reve- uh, re- released a picture of the noose amidst mm. uh, a bunch of uh, pushback and uh, and people saying they blew things out of proportion. Uh, I'll let you lead off on this one. When you saw the picture, what uh, does it does it change your perspective on anything? No, it didn't change my perspective. I mean, it was chilling, chilling to see that. Uh, and I, they apparently NASCAR did a a thorough uh, sort of uh, canvassing of all the garages and all the tracks they run. And this was this was the only one they found that was fashioned this way, if I read the report correctly. And that's a noose, man. That is a noose. That's not – people were trying to make excuses, say it really wasn't this or it was something different. That is a freaking noose. And uh, – Whoever would come up with that kind of thing for a, a, a garage door pull, shame on them. That's uh, that, that was that's pathetic. And I really, when I saw it, I just shook my head. I it it's uh, chilling is the word that comes to mind. Jake, what did you think? Oh, it was exactly what I expected to see because, mm-hmm. and this was this is 
this totally baffles me about this whole situation. Why was it what I expected to see? Because it's what NASCAR told me was there. It was what Bubba Wallace and his whole crew said was there. It's what the Federal Bureau of Investigation said was there. I mean, it it didn't. uh, I'm glad you went the way you did because it didn't change one single thing about this topic to me. And I, I. I uh, processing this whole situation, I, I I just come back to the very same thing. Like, it's really great that a hate crime didn't take place. It's really great the way NASCAR responded to the situation. Because, Gordon, I don't know, I've, I've read a little bit more about what was taking place outside of the stadium. And, uh, of course, we've, I think we've probably all seen the pictures by now of the, the, the Confederate battle flag that was flown over via airplane. I mean, this, was a, this situation was not your, your normal, you know, uh, let's have a day out at the track type of environment and combine that with that symbol i mean i can perfectly understand why somebody would feel feel threatened by that now if you've got an issue of everybody just jumping to conclusions okay i guess but but it worked out everything worked out just fine there's not i don't know i i get frustrated with with people uh, you know that going back to yesterday that whole uh, hashtag Bubba Smollett is just so aggravating and and it's so dumb. It's yeah. like let's be let's just be glad that this was a horrible coincidence. Let's be happy nobody's life was threatened. Is that is that too much to and be proud about the reaction when we thought it was because it what? was good. I guess a question that comes across my mind with this whole thing is wh- why was it fashioned in the first place? You know. I mean, if it's been there since October of last year, and, and apparently they haven't been able to find out who did it, but don't those garages all have cameras everywhere? I mean, I think they'd be able to figure that out. But I, I don't know. I, I just, why didn't anybody report that before now? Um. I I don't know, Gordon. I guess the the who done it isn't really. I don't know, high on my list uh, of concerns. Somebody who. Oh, what the, this is, is what's talking about. Why? Why would you do that? Everybody knows the connotation involved there. No, they I don't. Mean, I mean, uh, uh, why am I going blank? The, the pirate. Uh, um, Mike Leach didn't when he retweeted something a couple of months ago. Uh, I mean, I'm well, not trying okay. to excuse anybody or, or it, maybe it's, it's obviously disrespectful. I don't know. Maybe a, a Knotsman put it in there. I have no idea why it stayed up there. It's obviously inappropriate, but at least they're adjusting their behavior. At least yeah. NASCAR is adjusting its behavior and yes. saying that this isn't going to be tolerated. That's a big step for them. They've never, they've never done that. And as we said the other day, they're going to lose money because of it, and they're still doing it. So I guess that, that's more what I'm focused on, not why some wingnut decided to make a, a noose out of a garage uh, rope cord. I mean, it, yes, it's, it's ridiculous, but I, I can't justify the, the, the people standing outside the, the stadium waving the Confederate battle flag. I mean, you can ask why all day. I'm just happy that the sport is acting appropriately. It, for some reason in my mind's eye, when I, when I, I was afraid that it was going to look like it looked like. And, and, and when I saw what it actually looked like, I thought, oh, man, just seeing that uh, was I can definitely understand why 
a mechanic would report that to a superior right away and say, what the, what, what's that? And then to have NASCAR respond the way you did as you were talking about and to involve the FBI into it, I, that, that all sounds appropriate to me. And uh, it is it is nice to know that nobody uh, purposefully uh, fashioned that uh, when they found out that uh, Bubba Wallace's crew was going to be in that garage. I, but but uh, the, the, just the imagery there is is frightening. Well, and nobody can blame Bubba Wallace for reacting. And, and we say Bubba. Exactly. I mean, it, was really his whole, it was really his whole crew. I mean, you can't blame them for reacting in that environment with that right there the way that they did. NASCAR, too. I mean, we talked about this, how the, the uh, people are out there going, oh, they made this up. The, the, the what, president or commissioner of NASCAR? What is it? Uh, anyway, president of NASCAR, mm-hmm. I think. He, he went, he saw it for him, his own eyes and went to Bubba Wallace in tears. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like you couldn't help but react that way. I'm happy they looked into it. And again, I come, keep coming back to this. I'm happy nobody's life was threatened. That's terrible. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Well, I. I, you're, I think you're looking at it the right way, Jake. Uh, if somebody, regardless of who did it or what their intentions were, the the reaction of now of, of the appropriate people to get it taken care of, to get it investigated, to get it looked at, and uh, in, in, in some respects to fight against that is encouraging. You know, and we're all and that that kind of awareness out there that hopefully and I don't know what's going on in the past, how long it's been there and who ignored it and who didn't. But the fact that in this particular case, in this particular time, that they would take these measures to get it looked into those who are scoffing at it and making it seem as though it was all made up is uh, those people I worry about a little bit. But. The, the, the actions that took place, uh, that, uh, that gives me hope. Right, right. And I think, uh, I think that's the exact perspective to look at. Because, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we could all get caught up in, into the, the judgment-blame game, right? We can look at NASCAR and say, why didn't you do this 30 years ago? Why didn't you do this 40 years ago? Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. the truth is, or the, the, they didn't do it. So that's what I think the fact that they're doing it now is, is really impactful. Because they've been tolerating this behavior for their entire existence. So the fact that they're not now, I think, is a huge, huge deal. And don't get caught up in the, well, why did it take you so long to come around? <laughs> and <laughs> hopefully this is... Don't get caught up is... in that. Just be happy that they're doing it and doing it in a very public and impactful way. Yeah, with any good fortune, this will be the response of more and more people as things arise uh, that that may be out of line, unacceptable at whatever level, you know? I mean, a noose is pretty, I mean, that's, but, but there are more subtle things that are done in our society at, time, that, at times that hopefully people will react to in, a, in an active way like this and get it taken care of and not accept it, not ignore it, not uh, stay silent about it, but to take action. That, that's the key. And, and, and if this is an indication of what's happening around the country, then, then that makes me feel better. That should make us all feel better that uh, there's an active uh, component to this whole thing, that you're not going to stand for these kinds of things or ignore them or stay silent. It's, that, that's heartening. 
All right, we're going to talk a little college sports coming up next. Mark Emmert was on a podcast, made some comments. We'll play you a couple of those comments. We'll chat about it. But I'm hanging out live at the warehouse in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Come on by. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. And, Tom, uh, I missed you last week, but uh, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and you were just fired up about some of the stuff you were going to be able to do. Oh, my gosh. Gordon, how are you, brother? I miss you, Tom. I really miss you. Uh, soon. It's happening yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Hey, I told you about this deal that I bought, and I got two truckloads of higher, nicer name brand furniture. I'm not allowed to advertise the name, but if you come in, I have printed out probably 40 pictures from the Internet, the same item, the same model number. The only difference is the price. And I'm telling you, Gordon, are you sitting down? I am sitting down and waiting to hear. I have a bedroom set, and you you would like this. It's cottage antique white. This is high-end stuff, Gordon. The dresser on the Internet is $2,890. The nightstand is $650. The bed is $4,100, and the chest is $2,200. <laughs> they have it on sale. And for example, the dresser twenty eight hundred bucks down to seventeen hundred bucks. I'm doing the entire bedroom set in Queen for eleven ninety nine. That's a oh, headboard, wow, footboard, rails, dresser, chest, and nightstand for eleven ninety nine. Incredible, Whoa. whole new bedroom. You know, I have Tom, two kings. Yeah, go ahead, Gordon. I, I, I just got to tell you this real quick. I don't want to interrupt your train of thought there, but every time I see an advertisement now for any other furniture company or store, or especially beds, when I see those advertisements, I think I automatically think, and, and they're bragging about this sale they're doing. I automatically think Tom could cut that in half at least. Well, well here, here's an example. This this bedroom set, it's like a $6,800 bedroom set. Cut it in half, it's 3400 bucks. Cut it in half again, it's 1700 bucks. How about 1199 Yeah. Boom. Hmm. We have got some incredible stuff. And I've got a bench, Gordon. This is a solid piece of a tree. This is a solid piece of mahogany. It's about 19 inches wide. Seven feet long. It's absolutely gorgeous. If you pick it up, it weighs almost 100 pounds. Solid. Gorgeous. Pin stainless steel pin legs. 2100 bucks on the Internet. It's on sale for $1,399. i am going to do, I only have five of them. I'm going to do it for 200 bucks. Jeez, Tom. Um, this solid mahogany. It's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, People we have... Them. Yeah, people need to know, Tom, how you do this, because you're a smart buyer. You find these deals. You you make deals that then you can provide that kind of saving, enormous savings to your customers. And people wonder when they hear that kind of two hundred dollars for that piece. People wonder how does he do that? Well, you do it by being smart in in your original purchase. And then you can pass that on to uh, to our listeners. And 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 uh, Jake and I love that stuff, man. Really quick, um, the virus made every furniture company in the world panic because we got decimated. Like, I'm talking industry-wide, March was down 70%, April was down 80%. 
So you have companies out there that were just scared. But now something's happened. Uh, and try to explain it in 10 seconds. There was people dumping product. That's gone. Hmm. So I was lucky to get this two truckloads. And I bought it at 80, 80% off. I bought it 20 cents on the wholesale dollar. Wow. That's where I can be instead of $5,000 for $500. We'll talk next break about some dining stuff. Gordon, it's unbelievable. But now there's a shortage because all of the factories in Asia that produced it, they didn't build for 100 days. The inventory worldwide is gone. There's a shortage. Our competitors are quoting six to eight weeks for a sofa Mm -hmm. because there's no inventory. So if you need something, we've got inventory. Come and see us. I'll get you delivered within two days. Wow. All right, 86 East University Parkway. That's where we are in Orem, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. More of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Back to basketball update uh, right here on uh, the big show on 97.5 and 1280 uh, The Zone. Uh, Just a couple of news and notes for you. Other NBA basketball players, Gordon, testing positive for the coronavirus, uh, specifically the Sacramento Kings, Jabari Parker and Alex Len. And we're just going to see more and more of these as uh, as uh, over the next couple of days as these guys return. Yeah, and it's not it's affecting athletes across the board and I expect to hear more and more about this moving forward. The question is to what extent? How how widespread is this in the NBA specifically for that Orlando start and across the board? I I don't know, but we're in the midst of finding out. One more quick note. Willie Cauley-Stein has informed the Mavericks that he will opt out of the restart of the NBA season, opening up a roster spot. And it looks like the Mavs are uh, going to sign Trey Burke, Gordon, to fill that spot. Your guy back in the league. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear. I'm happy to hear that he can go there and shoot two for 14. There's your back-to-back basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank. So this is going to be one take. One, two, three, four. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today is Khalid, selected by Lisa and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. This was a, a Lisa Monson selection today, Gordon? Yeah, it was Lisa and, and uh, some of the, a couple of my daughters. They thought it would be good, so... Uh, they they were laughing about because once before they had uh, suggested that we have Khalid be our our artist of the day and uh, 
Somehow there was a miscommunication, and uh, I think DJ Khaled ended up being uh, the uh, the artist of the day. This was, what, a year ago, Austin, something like that? Yeah, uh, and it couldn't have possibly been that someone pronounced Khalid as Khaled, but whatever. <laughs> so you're going to blame that back at me? No, no, hey, that's a guilty conscience. I didn't name names. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's <laughs> Khalid today, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I much prefer go. Khalid to Khaled, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they, they do as well. They were they were <laughs> angry about that miscommunication. Oh. I, I, I blamed you. Fine. <laughs> Uh, I am live today from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Come uh, check it out. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Don't forget about their Salt Lake location as well, 1967 South. 300 West, uh, Gordon Mark Emmert was on a podcast with Seth Davis, and uh, he touched on a variety of different topics. We're going we're gonna to play one of those clips now, but we also want to tease at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll go through more in-depth uh, a few more of his comments and and what he had to say, uh, but let's start off with w- let's start off with this. He was asked if he were pessimistic about a football season with these spikes in the coronavirus. You know, I think the the situation is is obviously very very fluid, and everybody recognizes that. We recognized it going into the the summer, the spring and summer when the Division I Council uh, gave the green light to schools bringing back students for voluntary workouts June 1. It was, it was with the understanding that every school had to deal with whatever their circumstances were on the ground and have in place all the appropriate healthcare protocol. And, and schools are dealing with it very differently. Some came back right away. Some aren't back yet. Some may not come back. We, we don't know. We've already seen some Division three schools make announcements that they're not going to play sports at all this year. So, you know, we'll have to see where those, those go forward. The realities are that, it's occur- that the health conditions are changing and occurring uh, highly variably. You look at one state, you see big, big pockets uh, popping back up again. In others, it seems to be uh, much less prevalent. And, and so we have no choice but to rely on each individual jurisdiction, whether it's a city, county, or state, to determine what's, what's effective in that area. You know, North Dakota looks very different than Phoenix, Arizona right now. And so uh, where you stand on this one today, whether you're optimistic or pessimistic, to a certain extent depends on where you sit in the country. And what we do know for sure is that whatever occurs, it's going to be different. We're not going to be able to have football in the same way that we're accustomed to seeing it year in and year out. Uh, I, I like the way he put that there. Uh, and we'll listen to more of the sounds uh, as the show goes on, like you said, Jake. But it is different and it is a moving target. I wonder if uh, an opinion you or I hold right this minute will be different two weeks from now. And what will it be four weeks from now? What will the picture look like? It's it's college football has always been fractured, but this is going to fracture it even more. It is. It, can I give you? This is such the cynical side of me. Can I apologize for that? Uh, yeah. Before no, I go, ahead. go down this road, the cynical side. So it's Mark your Emmer, basically, he basically has no control whatsoever over college football. None. So what else would his opinion be other than, well, yeah, they're going to have to do them and it's going to look different because really, regardless of his opinion, it doesn't matter when it comes to college football. Wow, that is pretty cynical. 
<laughs> so what else would his opinion so, be? So why why are we even having him on the show? He's got no power. He's got no say-so. He's got nothing to do with anything. The only thing the NCAA has control over college football really is enforcement of the rules. So, I mean, the, the, the truth is, regardless of the numbers, it's going to be up to these. Uh, and he admitted to this. So this, this isn't even a cynical take. It's, it's going to be up to the local politicians, and it's going to be up to the local school presidents and the local universities. And there's, there's going to be universities out there that say we are a go for college football, regardless, whatever we got to do. And so I think that's what he's referring to. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with him in a sense that I just don't see everything going according to uh, normal. Like I still yeah. don't see the, the laws in Salt Lake City allowing 45, 47,000 people in the same place at the same time in September. I just don't think that's going to happen. So it's going to look different based on what is allowed to happen. Yes, and we have been we've been saying that for for months now, right? But uh, it, it sounded in that particular cut that he was being realistic about what the situation is. What what what's interesting to me is when we hear certain school presidents or certain voices out of certain regions. They're saying, oh, "We're doing this. We're gonna, we're full speed ahead. This is going to happen." I think I read somewhere that uh, Alabama football is worth, I thought it was billions or Two something. Billions. Two billion? Is that what it was? Yeah, to the city of Tuscaloosa. Uh, yeah. I mean, that remarkable uh, influence and remarkable impact on that community. But it's important. But so is the health and safety of everyone involved in that program and everyone involved who considers himself a fan. Uh, and so we'll see. I, I think these things are so intertwined that sometimes health is compromised out of economic concerns. And uh, that's true in and out of sports. Well, it is. And oh, this sounds cold, but it kind of should be true. I mean, uh, uh, everybody's plight matters to a certain extent. And, you know, we're, we're in a very unique situation. But, uh, I mean, the truth is, if, if Mark Emmert came out and said, I absolutely don't think that this is a good idea to proceed with college football, he'd have a full-blown re- revolt of his universities. He wouldn't keep his job. Those presidents well, it, it, that he works at the behest of would say, you work here no longer, sir. Uh, well, I don't know if that would happen, but I will say that that it depends on the severity of what's going on. I mean, it really is severe in some areas of the country. And it, what if it gets worse? You know, what, what, what if it does? At what where's the tipping point for even those who are gung ho? I mean, are they going to do this really come hell or high water? It depends or, on what city, state, and county they live in. That's, but, and that's what yeah, Okay, saying. so here's, then here's the next question. What influence do they exert on local officials? How crooked are those officials? <laughs> yeah. That $2 what billion? Dollars, what, 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 honestly, what party are those officials? I mean, it's, the, the, there's, I don't think there's going to be a blanket, a blanket policy. I mean, unless it, unless it comes from the president of the United States, and I don't think that looks like it's likely to happen. You still got to have someone to play. Well, the truth is that down here in Provo, they might be operating under a totally different set of rules than the University of Utah up in Salt Lake, than Weber State in Ogden, than Utah State in Logan. 
I, I, it's just hard for me. What would make their situations that much different? Nothing. The people who run them? Yeah. Okay. So we're getting to the crux of it right there. Well, the, the crux is that when we voted, whether we knew it or not, you know, we put the, the power to make these decisions in the hands of the people we voted for. I'm not and, sure that the that the voters really knew uh, how how what kind of situation, because it's one thing to, to hand over that kind of power to certain leaders. I, I get that. But when it comes to life and death decisions on a regular basis, man, that's. That's a little on the frightening side. Well, maybe we should have thought about public health a little bit more when we were casting that vote. And might I remind you that uh, there's a certain primary vote that's due by what, Tuesday? So let's let's make that happen, folks. Let's think about it now. I'll I'll never not think about it going forward. (laughs) 100%. Well said. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, you know, make that make that happen, because these are the people that are that are making decisions. I wonder, you know, uh, both uh, there are a couple of number of things that are just just sort of in flux right now. One is popular opinion. You know, what is that? And again, that varies from region to region. Uh, Fans want to see their college football, but uh, how badly do they want to see it? Uh, And then you have the, the wild card of the leaders involved. Will they be in line with what the electorate wants? Uh, the the school presidents, like you talked about, the coaches, the athletes. I mean, how eager are they to get back? Uh, it's one thing for NBA players to go to Orlando and be in a bubble. It's another for athletes from uh, all over the country to head to a certain particular location and then uh, and then have to operate there. And all those athletes are still wandering around. It's not like they're in a bubble. Yeah, right. They'll be they'll be tested, I assume, uh, on on a, a certain frequency. But I I, <laughs> I, I think this is interesting. It, it, it's going to be, and if there's a second wave or higher spikes, if the, if they go even higher, then at what point does this real concern uh, at the level of desperation kick in, and what effect does that have on everything? Not just from what's legal or what's allowed, but what's practical and what the people think. I think a lot of the universities will do. Uh, as much as the law will allow. And I asked you a couple of weeks ago and we had a decent discussion on if they were morally obligated to do more. But I I think it'll come down to them doing what their conference, their state, their county and their city will allow them to do. They'll they'll go right up to that line. Hmm. Yeah, probably so. At least they can pass the buck in that regard. Well, I I, go ahead. No, I mean, pass the buck to the people making the decisions. I mean, that's the point. Yeah, that's why I said. That's yeah, I no, I, I'm agreeing with you. I guess mm-hmm. uh, as well. I mean, that's that's their job. So if they're not doing it to our satisfaction, well, I don't know, Gordon. What what do you want to do about it? Should we form a, a militia of some sort? Uh, are you are you uh, move to Montana? Are you suggesting overthrowing the government, Jake? Is that <laughs> what I heard you just suggest? No, no, because then some uh. people are going to show up here at the warehouse and. I won't be able to do the three o'clock hour. <laughs> I think there's a certain installation somewhere in our state that might want to be listening to that, if that's what you really intended. No, joking, joking. Let's yes, kidding. let's make uh, that not, clear. Not, not, not serious. No. Yeah. Uh, but really. But, 
We'll get to more of Mark Emmert's comments <laughs> coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Quinn Snyder joins us in the 3 o'clock hour. Sam Amick at 4. I just want to make it clear that my partner here on the air, Jake Scott, S-C-O-T-T. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can clear. give the address out and the phone number if you'd like. But Jake University Scott. Parkway. It was Lloyd. Right. It was Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd. Is Lloyd going to get blamed for this, too? Stay tuned. Oh, More man. next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway here in Orem. Also, their Salt Lake store, 1967 South, 300 West. Uh, Gordon, coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, kind of guessing around 3.30-ish, Coach Quinn Snyder is going to jump on the show, and we're looking forward to talking to him. Yes, no doubt about it. We haven't talked with Quinn on the air in a little while, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to speak with him. Yeah, we'll get his thoughts on the on the plan for return, certainly. Uh, his thoughts on the, the absence of uh, Boyan Bogdanovich because of the wrist surgery. And uh, really eager to hear his thoughts, Gordon. And uh, maybe if we have time, we can ask him about the cooking, too. Have you been following along with, uh, with yeah, his uh, yeah. cooking segments? Mm-hmm. Yes, in fact, uh, we... Uh we we made that pie that he had had the recipe for. How did it turn out? When you say when you say we, you mean Lisa? Yes. And how did, did turn, how did it uh, turn out? Delectable. One thing, wanna, one thing I want to one thing I want to ask Quinn about is his you know his involvement with the other coaches in the league about uh, pushing forward certain ideas and uh, issues. Uh, he he is. Uh, I think Quinn's an influential guy, smart guy, and people recognize that. So it's kind of like when we talk about the different things he does on the floor with his team. Well, he's 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 a smart guy on the floor and off it. And so that'll be interesting to talk with him about that as well. All right, Coach Schneider joins us in the 3 o'clock hour, but we are live now from the warehouse. What's going on, by the way, coming up next? Uh, 86 East University Parkway. Uh, my good friend Tom joins us once again. And, Tom, these deals, I tell you what, uh, and we thought uh, maybe talk about some dining stuff here in this. And I've seen some of the stuff you're, you're selling, and it is amazing. I have dining deals like I have never had before. This is uh, this is a high-end manufacturer. We talked about it last break. Um, we were able to buy two truckloads. They are closing the Tacoma, Washington warehouse. Okay. I was lucky enough to, to get two truckloads, and this is beautiful stuff. I'm going to kick it off with uh, a great big round solid wood dining table. Uh, and it's a drop leaf. So typical round tables are 48 inches. Smaller ones are 36 inches. If you get a big one, it's a 60-inch. This one's 68. Wow. You can put 10 chairs around this. But what's cool about it is that two of the legs swing in, and it drops. So it makes a nice small table that could be in a smaller room. But when you have big family party, bring it out. It's cool. a big table. Normally 28 hundred and ninety dollars the internet sell price uh this is the covid virus sell is what it's called is seventeen hundred dollars i'm going to do the same table same model same manufacturer come in i'll show you the printout from the internet i'm going to do it five hundred and ninety nine dollars 
with four chairs. Wow. Let's say you don't want round. You want a rectangular table. I have the same table. This one is $3,200 on sale for $1,900. It's an 80-inch table with a butterfly leaf, and you know how that works. You pull it apart, it butterflies out from itself. So when you have to store it, you don't have to take it to the hall closet. You don't have to put it in some spare bedroom under a bed. It stores within itself. It folds itself. right in. 104-inch tables for big parties. Table and four chairs, 599 Wow. For you know, that and four chairs. Tom, the chairs alone should cost more than that. The chairs are $399 each. They are gorgeous, Gordon. It, it's an upholstered kind of a herringbone light gray. Beautiful chair. Then I have a... Gordon, you would love this. This is a counter height gray. You like this table. This is beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. $3,180 on sale for $1,800. I'm going to do it with four bar stools. $699. And it's Gordon. (laughs) And Gordon, you lift this table, I'll bet it weighs 140 pounds. It's solid. It's solid. Mm, Well made. Last but not least... I talked earlier about this solid mahogany bench. Uh, Somebody called in. Typically, they do a bench like this, and it's particle board underneath. This is a solid slab. Uh, It's supposed to be $2,100. It's on sale for $1,300 and something. I'm doing it for $200 as an appreciation for helping out all the small restaurants, the small furniture companies in Utah, there's a lot of independently owned dealers in Utah. We happen to be one of them. This is a pass-on of a deal you will never see again. Next break, we're going to dive into adjustable beds because if you've been waiting, do not wait any longer because there's no inventory out there except New inventory, and new inventory just took a 35% price increase. All right, 86 East University Parkway here in Orem, 1967 South 300 West in Salt Lake. It's the warehouse. We also want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Cleaning has never been so important, and Zero Res is staffed up and ready to serve. Just $33 per room, and right now your fourth room is free, 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. What's going on? Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.